I'm Chris from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show taking a look at the greater Marvel Cinematic and Television Universes, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other marvelously geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Hello and welcome to Better Podcasting Live Chat, episode 58. We're recording on August 16th, 2023. As you can tell, Stephen is not starting the show. Matter of fact, Stephen isn't on the show. He's off doing some, well, let's just say Canadian mandatory training that, you know, those sorts of people have to do. So he <laughs> took the day, the day off of Better Podcasting, and we decided to bring on our official third co-host, Damien. Damien, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, SP. Well, you know, like I said, it's important to have your third co-host on every once in a while. Uh, on camera once in a while, not just in the live chat. That's right. Actually, on the show, physically talking back and forth live. This is going to be fun. Damien, by the way, for those that don't know, is on the Gonna Geek Network with his show Adventures in Aurelia. It is a playthrough podcast with Tabletop Gaming. And he is also, full disclosure, a co-moderator of the R Podcasting subreddit with me. So we hang in some of the same circles. A lot of the same circles at this point. Longtime member of the uh, Gunna Geek community that was invited to join the network, uh, what, two years ago now? Yeah, you know, it was a pandemic hallucination, I guess, that we decided, yeah, let's bring him on. And I said, okay, well, it was a hallucination on both sides of things. <laughs> I see. We fooled you and you fooled us. We'll see who's getting the better end of the deal in the future. <laughs> we'll, we'll see indeed. Well, this is our chance to answer any questions that our listeners might have, the people, the audience members that come to Better Podcasting, which you can find at geeks.live at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.15 p.m. Pacific Time on Wednesdays. That is our new time and date, and it's not too much different than before. It's 15 minutes later to uh, take into consideration Stephen's commute that he has to do from work. And we're just going to keep it here. He will be back next week. But in the meantime, we are here to answer your questions. So if you have some, go ahead and drop them in the comments below. We are exclusively on the YouTube chat tonight. So go ahead. We have Liberty Dude in the chat. Hello, Liberty Dude. He says BP rolls the D&D dice. <laughs> I, I was looking at my desk. I was like, do I have any dice in reach right now? But I don't, I don't see any in front of me. Okay. Well, I have been actively searching, by the way, too. I'm searching for a new job. Really? I am. I am actively searching for a new job. My boss knows. My boss's boss knows. Uh, they're trying to retain me, but they understand. They really want to keep me, but they're being hand-strung, which is kind of why I'm leaving. Uh, long story short, there's a bonus that came through that the particular per a position that I'm on doesn't qualify, but I qualify. It's it's a STEM bonus, basically, is a technical mm -hmm. degree bonus. Well, I have a few of those, so I I definitely qualify, but my position is not coded for it. So uh, I am departing to try to find a position that either has the coding on it, or I'm just leaving to 
go to another position that I don't have to worry about it as well. Either way, I'm fine with it. But it's just one of those situations where you take a look at your job and take a look at the situation around you and go, yeah, the only person that's going to take care of me is me. So I have to go do that. And the reason I bring this up is Stephen few years ago, I think it was even pre-pandemic, we did a couple of episodes of the Better Podcasting Main Show about podcasting while searching for a job. And definitely your real life takes precedence. So Mm -hmm. if at any point in time, I have to prepare for an interview, I have to do a project for an interview, because that's part of the deal these days with some of the higher technical fields as they ask you to prove your worth before you go into the interview, or create a presentation that you then present at the interview that I'm just going to have to prioritize that and prioritize my life over podcasting. With that said, I don't think it's going to impact too much as I proceed forward. I don't know how long this job search is going to take. You know, it's based on the economy. It's based on available jobs. It's based on a whole bunch of stuff, but it might impact podcasting and that's okay, especially for hobby podcasters. And Damien, if I'm remembering correctly, you recently switched positions yourself. I, I uh, in February, I left the job that I had been at for nearly ten years, and it definitely had an impact on podcasting. The field that I'm in didn't have that same kind of uh, project leading into it, or a bunch of research required for the interview process. It's a lot more as I got hired. But the workload and the stress when I first started in my my new shop as I got used to the environment, got used to the work that we did and everything, I think it was probably about two months before I was really back into the editing flow and working on things again because I was just... I, I was at the grindstone getting bombarded with so much new information and coming home, it was just like, I don't have the mental energy for much of anything right now. I think a little bit of the difference between your situation, Steven's situation, and my situation is you guys have young kids or kids that are growing, yeah. right? My kids are out of the house, either graduated from college and out in the workforce or soon to be graduated from college and out in the workforce. So I'm going to be a grandfather soon, so that might impact a little bit. But I don't have that mandatory, I have to be home at any given time. And then when I get home, take care of other things, I can put some of that aside and prioritize podcasting at home a little bit, although you know yeah. that starts to break over time. So I don't necessarily think I'll be completely exhausted mentally, but there is that chance, right? There is that chance that I'm just going to be like, I just don't want to do it tonight. And I completely understand how you were. Steven was the same way. And I am anticipating that to be an issue as I go forward as well. So yes, great thoughts. I mean, I'm an older podcaster. I'm around retirement age, but you are in the prime of your career. Steven's in the prime of his career. There are people that are in college that are podcasting and they might have to do a job search. Like they get let go of, of a job or they go from semester to semester and they just need a new job or something like that. That takes a lot Mm -hmm. of mental energy. I will absolutely agree with that. As a hobby podcaster, you got to take care of yourself and your money situation first before you podcast. And as you know, the the technical level of what I do for our show is really involved and in depth too. So it's a really difficult show to try to put just 10, 15 minutes to, because at that point it's like, yep, I got 30 seconds of work done today. And that was my evening. (laughs) 
We'll get back to that later. That's kind of what I've been on one particular thing. But to answer our question, Liberty Dude, in the chat, and I also see a chat on our live chat channel in our Discord, it's Liberty Dude and Johnny Pennington. They're both basically asking, is SP moving to Brownsville, uh, Boca Chica? Maybe. May, possibly. I'm not closing down anything really. I did but wonder if you uh, had accepted a certain offer that you've been given multiple times before. <laughs> yeah, no, I have not accepted any offer from anybody at the moment, really. And we'll just see how things progress. I have some retirement calculations that I have to keep in mind as I progress with this job search and accepting a position. Uh, d- just because you have those considerations doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't apply and interview and go through the process. After you are offered the job, then you start looking at those calculations. And I've seen more and more people as I get older and I see some hiring actions from the backside, I see some people declining the offer and the hiring board having to go to, or HR having to go to the next uh, candidate or having to re-advertise the position because their prime candidate declined the offer. So there are a lot of those considerations. Uh, I'm fully capable of saying no if I have to, or yes, if the offer is right. So I'm not discounting anything at the moment, but my main consideration is the retirement. From now until retirement, and then at the retirement age, whenever that turns out to be because it is a monetary decision, right? If somebody offers me $2 million to come work for them, I don't have to work all that long. (laughs) I can can retire after a few years, but if I'm getting a normal engineer salary, that's just going to take a little bit longer. So yeah, all sorts of stuff going on. I will tell you it is front end loaded with uh, getting your resume in order. And I have been applying while I'm correcting my resume. So it's almost going through the process of of learning how to do a job search. For, the last time I have seriously done a job search was 2006. So it's been mm-hmm. a minute since I've been involved in it. So even though I've kept up my resume, I've been involved in hiring actions from the backside or from the hiring official side, right? I have not gone through it myself, except for a couple of times. And this is going to be I'm going to be uh, applying for jobs. I'm going to be interviewing uh, several times over the next few months. And it's just going to be a big process. But the first process is getting your resume done. And just like uh, your first podcast, what you want to do is get it done and then send it to people who you trust that can critique it. Maybe you know somebody in HR in a in my case, technical field, whatever field you're in. So you can go to them. Hey, is there anything that you would recommend that I do differently with the resume? And you'll get comments because these people see a lot of resumes. So that's the first thing. It's just like your first podcast. You go get a mentor, you go get, you know, take a look at this. Can you review it? You go get reviewers and tell you what they think. And just keep an open mind because what they're trying to do is help you along the way. Very similar to podcasting, I think. And then as you go through the interviews, do mock interviews, you know, research interviews, you know, don't just go into a cold and then make sure you dress appropriately for the job that you're going in. For me, it's quite frankly going to be a suit and tie that no getting around it going to be a suit and tie for me. But for somebody like yourself, that's in a manual trade, like a plumber, a welder, uh, a craftsman, I, I think 
I think a polo and good khakis might be good unless you're going for a managerial position. So it just depends on, on what you're going for. So anyway, that's going to be a big part of my life going mm -hmm. on and I'll let everybody know how things are going. And if uh, I actually finally get one, I am comfortable staying in the position I am in. I just think I can do better. So that's what this all is all about. And uh, quite frankly, my boss and my boss's boss think I can do better too. Otherwise they wouldn't be uh, giving me uh, recommendations and, and uh, giving me positive affirmations going on. So it's not directly podcast related, but it's definitely SP podcast related. So I mentioned that I was slow rolling something you were talking about, you know, just getting 30 seconds of work done a night. I have been doing something similar and that is been, I've been going into my Libsyn RSS feed and I've been changing it to update it to Apple's new criteria of, yeah, we are not going to show the episode number anymore. So I want the episode number available. So now <laughs> I have to put it back in the title. The, the new old new criteria. Yeah. Tell me about that it. I don't think they told anyone that they just kind of silent. were like, yeah, that thing that we told everyone that you needed to do, put the episode numbers in the Apple episode field. And we'd put it on the episodes when they go live. And they were just like, we stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until somebody asked them, you know, what's going on. People have noticed that, I can't search for my episode numbers or my episode numbers are not appearing in Apple podcasts. What's going on? And the answer came back. Yeah. Yeah. We're not showing those anymore. So I don't even know why they made those changes to the RSS feed those years ago. I think it was at WW, uh, uh, what was their Apple conference? I want to say WWDC DC. I think it was at that so many years ago and in 2017, I think. So six years ago, and then, you know, move five, six years later. What's interesting is, is because of the way our show was, I ignored that completely when it was first done because we were using our one feed for the two separate types of episodes. And even though we've split that off into separate feeds since moving to our new media host that lets us have multiple feeds on the same account, I just stuck with the old method of tagging our episodes anyways. And I don't know if it's helping. I don't know if it's hurting, but as far as I can tell, it's still showing up in Apple podcasts the way it is. I think it's more for podcasters themselves and then listeners that just want to make sure that they're listening to everything in order or yeah. go back to a certain episode or whatever. I, th I think really that's what it is. It's not for your casual listener. I get that. But as we recorded last week, I had said, I believe I did 27 of the episodes, you know, episode zero through 27. Well, in this past week, I've made some progress. You want to bet how much more episodes, how many more episodes I've dealt with? Are you in the fifties now? No. Uh, you said 27, uh, uh, 29. Yeah, that's more in the ballpark. <laughs> 27, 33. So I've done six more episodes in the past week. So yeah, it's a, it's going to be a slow roll. And for those that don't know, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now has a total numbered episodes of 481. Is this a thing that you can't use their like bulk editor to do? 
So last week I went into the fact that I tried using the bulk editor on the first 50, but then I went back in and what had happened is it erased like the author tag and some of the other mm. things that the bulk editor actually has in there. So I'm like, well, crap, now I can't use the bulk editor. I'm going to have to go in and just do it one by one for whatever reason it did it. I don't know if I was using it incorrectly or if it, that's the new design that it's meant to do or, or whatever, but yeah, I'm having to do it one at a time. And it's not just the episode number. I am updating for the first 75 anyway. I'm updating the show artwork to the newer logo. So that goes in. And I'm not putting in episode-specific artwork. It's just literally the new logo from what the old logo was. I am changing my name from Stargate Pioneer to SP Rupert just for SEO purposes. Consistency across your whole branding nowadays, too. Right. I'm actually changing the title and then I'm going in into the description in the early years in the descriptions. I actually put pictures in there to in the show notes in the mm. episode description. I think my podcast app can read those actually. <laughs> yeah, but I think it blows up the RSS feed because my RSS mm. feed on that is well over two. I want to say two gigabytes. Yeah, because then it's got to deliver that image somehow. Right. So I'm taking those out. I'm saving them on my hard drive in case I need to go back and refer to them, but I am taking them out. So there's just a bunch of stuff that I'm doing to update it. It's not just the episode number. If it was just the episode number, I'd just go in in an afternoon when like, I don't know, football is on or something, hockey's on or something, just go in and go click, 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 and then take a break every 50 episodes or so, but it's more in depth. So I don't envy you. I did do something like that. Uh, we're only about 50 episodes. And when we moved websites over, I had to go through and do something like that because as I was pulling links, some of our redirect, like some of our links on our old website were redirects through Squarespace as a host. So those links got broken mm -hmm. on the, the RSS feed because I was linking through the website to get to those. So I had to go through and do a bunch of that manually scrolling through every description and going, okay, does this link work? Nope. Go fix this link. So I, I get how much of a pain that can be when you've got to like actually comb through the description and fix it all. For a hobby podcaster, I will say the web management, the web page management is an enormous amount of time that you have to put into it. As your show grows over time and as standards update or that you move capabilities, like you just said, mm -hmm. I think that the web stuff, if you can get away with not doing it for whatever reason, and that's quite frankly, I've been, it's no secret. I've been open about it. It's one of the reasons I wanted to come to Guinea Geek. I'm like, yeah, that's my website. I'll buy the domain. I will point it to my show on the website and I won't have to deal with making a website. Cause I did a couple of websites before I hand rolled my own HTML and then I went with WordPress. And in both cases, I'm like, I just don't want to deal with this. I want to concentrate on making content. I don't want to deal with the web presence of it, uh -huh. even though it's important. I want it. But in some cases, like the pine cast, um, RSS, uh, the uh, media service that I use their, their web interface at least as I use it, it, it sucks. And I just prefer to go somewhere else with my show. Yeah. Like better podcasting chats with SP that is on the better podcasting.com website. I would prefer to funnel people there 
Stephen has created it. It's WordPress. I can get into it and manage my posts, but I don't need to manage the whole site. Stephen, it is one of the things that is symbiotic with Stephen and myself because Stephen's able to do that and he likes doing that. He doesn't do it all the time, but he likes doing that. And I like creating content. So it's a good relationship between the two of us. But if it was just me on a show like you, that would be pulling my hair out. I'd be like, why do I have to deal with this? Yeah, it, it's one of those things where some of the content that I want to have accessible to our audience is really difficult to do just through a media host and would also be difficult to manage through a network like the Gunna Geek network that's not already set up for it. Some of the things like our blogs and our the big one being like the way we do our art uh, for listeners to be able to find our art for the show. And then we have other things like our recommended podcasts. I have a, a section for all the musicians that we use their music on the show. So I kind of needed something that I manage on my own for that. And that was where I ended up moving hosts was because it was getting more and more difficult to manage it the way I wanted to when we were using Squarespace without investing into another tier. Yeah. Any tips or tricks of doing it, how you're doing it now? Don't. (laughs) (laughs) As you said, I am fully in agreement that it is a lot of extra work on top of things. It's definitely the back burner work that I work on if I'm basically just too audio processed out at the time, but I'm still in that creative. I want to be working on show stuff. But I've also been editing for four hours straight and I need to give my ears a break. And that's when I start doing website stuff. And our new platform, um, we're on Webflow now, which has a full content management system behind it. So a lot of the content that's on it now took a lot of setup to get the layout and everything right the first time. But nowadays, when I'm adding something to it, I go into the back end of the CMS and I just create a new article off of that that's already going to be pre-formatted once I fill in all the details. Okay. Which is one of the issues that I had with Squarespace was because every time I wanted to add something new, I had to manually recreate everything, reformat it to fit where it was. Whereas nowadays, I just go, okay, here's the template. And I just go... Like if I'm adding a new artist, image, website link, description, and when I click publish and go to their page, it's already formatted the way I want it to be. What is your website again? Adventuresinarelia.com. If anybody has any questions about Damien and his website, please throw them in the chat. Or later on, we'll be in the Discord server, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Damien, I have a question for you. I might have an answer for you. Do I sound different today? You do, but that's because I'm listening to you on my monitoring headphones at home instead of my earbuds at work. (laughs) Ah, I see. Well, I've been threatening to do this for a couple of weeks now. I actually clicked some of the toggles on the back. I basically did the bass roll off. So it should sound less bassy and less low frequencies. And that's how I'm going to go this week and halfway through the show or something, I might click it back just so everybody gets a standard flat response 
uh, mm -hmm. of me in the show here. And then next week, I'm going to try the high boost and keep it flat on the low end and then probably flip it back. And then the next week, I'll probably uh, take the bass roll off and do the high end at both. Just kind of slowly jump around and see which, what each one sounds like. Yep. Yeah, because I'm using because I've I think they're the the M40Xs, so they have a pretty flat frequency response. So the the lack of bass for me, I largely just attribute to being on my my studio monitoring headphones instead of my earbuds. It's interesting that you bring up the 40s because Stephen last week was talking about selling his. I think they're the 40s. I forget if like the 50s went on sale and I sprung for them. I've had them for over a year now steven uses the sure in-ear monitors i want to say it's the 215 i'm not exactly sure the modern model number but he is head over heels on that so he doesn't use the over-the-ear cans and he wants to get rid of it me meanwhile me i prefer the over-the-ear cans and didn't you say you also do speaker editing too yeah sometimes so I need the over-the-year cans when I'm dealing with everything. And uh, also I have medical issues, sticking something in my ear. I get an ear infection really easily because of my mm -hmm. Meniere's disease. So I just stick with the cans as much as I can. I do use my Apple Pod Pros, Apple Pod, the Pros, whatever, the Pro 2s that I have. And I do use those from time to time, like when I'm outside walking or something like that, but I take them out as soon as I can, because I just know that if I get, you're risking it. Yeah, I am risking it. Absolutely. And it is what it is there. So anyway, that is my sound this week. I have definitely rolled off the bass and we'll see what it sounds like later. Also, I have a roadcaster pro two update. So is it a good one? For those that don't know, I use a Rodecaster Pro 2, and last week I mentioned that I was having issues with it freezing as I was booting it up, and the only way I could get around it was literally pulling out the power cord, waiting 15 seconds, you know, like you're supposed to do, putting the power cord back in, and then being able to boot it up. Everything was fine. I never lost any files, but it was just literally getting the thing to boot up. One of the things I said I was going to do is check the firmware. There is not a firmware update and it has not been, the firmware has not been updated. So it's the same standard configuration from last week. I haven't had any more issues with it. My next step, the next time I do have an issue is to make sure that the profile saved, that all my settings are saved on an SD card. And then I'm going to uh, flash it basically back to factory standard and then rebuild it. And we'll see if that happens. But this past week, I haven't had to deal with anything of it, but I did check. I do have the latest firmware. It's interesting. It's, you know, I changed nothing and it broke. I changed nothing and it's working again. Yeah. Although I did have something else in my studio break. Microphone? You know, with the Roadcaster Pro, I'm imagining you don't have too much on your studio monitor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the battery backup UPS that I had went bonkers a couple of nights ago, and it is running the computer. It's running the Roadcaster Pro 2 and the monitors. Uh, no, it, uh, the other one's taking care of the monitors. This one, though, has the internet attached to it. So I woke up one morning. Uh, two, two days ago 
and I tried to stream because I cut the cord. I don't have cable anymore. I tried to stream mm -hmm. the uh, weather, the news, and it said the internet connection isn't there. I'm like, oh, really? So walked down to the office here, the studio, the podcast studio, and uh, the no, it wasn't on. So I'm like, okay, let's try to get to the UPS. I had to dig it out because it's back there. I went back there. I turned it on and then I was like, okay, well, it turned off for some reason. I just don't know what that reason is. The battery was at 0% and it was kind of a little hum whine that was going on in the background. It wasn't a beep or anything. I was like, okay, well, something's obviously wrong here. And then like two minutes later, after it had been on for a couple of minutes, it went and it was just constant beep and it wouldn't shut off. I actually had to unplug it to get it to shut off. And because it's a battery backup, it still had some power. So it was beeping for another like 30 seconds or so before it completely ran out. So I needed a new UPS. I think it's a fault within the UPS itself. I don't think it's the battery that was in there. So I was rushing around like, I got a podcast, I got a podcast, I got to get one. And unfortunately, there's none on sale right now. I have a big one. It's 1500 and it's pure sine wave. So I'm like, where can I get one? I went to bestbuy.com because I have a Best Buy in between here and my work. I went to bestbuy.com and I was like, okay, what do you got? And there was a 1500 there, pure sine wave. Unfortunately, it was not on sale. It was 230 bucks, but I'm like, I need it. Purchase. Pick it up on the way. Yep. Pick, picked it up on the way home. Exactly. So I was able to get it that day. I did check Amazon and I did check slick deals and there was nothing on either. I don't think slick deals would have helped me unless it was like a office max office depot, uh, best buy, something that I have around here and mm -hmm. they had it in stock. And that's what really sold me on the best buy was that they had it in stock. So just remember if you're out there, you have a critical component in your setup, go bad and you, you need to pick up a monitor for whatever reason or a UPS or whatever. Yeah. It's going to hurt the pocketbook a little bit, but you can go to a look. If you happen to be close to a local store, you can try to do that. Target and Walmart and those big box stores. I don't think they have quite the electronic inventory that say Best Buy mm -hmm. or a computer store would have, but Hey, you know, you use what you can and yes, I could have gone without it, but it's been storming here lately, like just into a, a surge protector. It's been storming here lately and just want to reduce the cycles on my router. So, yeah, we've got a best by like five minutes from us. So that's usually our go to when we have something that's relatively critical go out is like, all right, best by is five minutes away. Let's go. Let's go grab a new one real quick. You know, we've done things like replace power supplies, keyboards that way. Um, how old was the the one that died? Was it around its expected lifespan? I want to say that a, a UPS is normally like, what, five or seven years expected on them? Yeah, I never changed the battery on it on this one. I had changed the battery on another one that I have. And I don't remember exactly when I got it because I, I purchased several of them, but it was definitely the first one that I purchased. I want to say it was around the 2015, 2016 timeframe. So you're talking like eight years. That's not too bad. Mm -hmm. That's why I was curious. Like, was this one that you, you know, recently got and went faulty or was it probably around, you know, as you've said, us podcasters should have some, 
some emergency funds for the studio equipment that will inevitably fail at some point. At some point, yeah. And then the real reason I have it on UPS is in case I'm podcasting or something that I don't lose power and I can save the file before it completely shuts down. So I get, since my computer is bigger and has a bigger power supply on it, I got maybe 20 minutes, maybe between Mm -hmm. 15 and 20 minutes between when the power goes down and when I have to stop. Now, as long as the internet is working, I have a UPS on the fiber modem or the fiber router. No, fiber modem. Yep, that's right. And then the uh, the the uh, node, the Eero node, that is the Wi-Fi uh, modem router. Yeah. Wi-Fi router. Man, I'm getting all mixed up. So the Wi-Fi router is on it, and then the computer is on it. So I have uh, three. I have half my computer system on one. I have half the computer system on another, and I've got the internet on a third. And then I've got others throughout the house to deal with power surges and keeping TVs on, like when a tornado is coming in, that sort of stuff. So emergency stuff. Uh, So I have a few scattered around the house, but this one is literally here so I can save my file so I don't lose a recording and that um, I then have to shut everything down because it's not going to last long. It's just like, okay, we're going to have to keep this later. My, my podcast is, and that's assuming the internet stands up because most of my podcasting is done over the internet, kind of like what we're doing right here. So that's just assuming the internet is up. If the internet isn't up, at least I can save my local files. And yeah, then save your local. Of- Hopefully everyone else sees that you dropped out and gets their locals all handled and you can resume later. That's right. Uh, and then talking about gear and recycling gear and everything, I and Steven have been selling our old podcast gear. And this past week, I said in the last show that I was selling my first Mackie Pro FX 16V2 mixer. And I listed it on eBay for $249 or best offer, which was a mistake, but okay, I went with it. Uh, it was just a, when, when I was doing the ad, I did not click no for the OBO. Mm-hmm. So of course, uh, the, the very next day I got like an offer for like 200. I'm like, I don't want to sell this for 200. I want a little bit more out of it. And a couple hours later, there was another one that came in 200. I'm like, all right, well, I can play them off each other, get more than 200. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did. It took two days, but I got an offer up to 225 and I was like, okay, I can let it go for 225. It was close. <laughs> yep, I did. and went out and, you know, it was partly my fault, partly because I thought it was priced to sell at $249. But, hey, it is what it is. And I could have I could have said no. And I could have yeah, just went, waited a week and seen if someone would have made the, the actual sale price. But 25 bucks, okay, whatever. It's a learning mistake for me uh, to make sure I check the OBO as it goes on. And I have another one. I have the second one that I'm going to be putting on sale for the next week here. So yeah, in this one, I'll do it a little differently. It's worth a little bit more because I'm selling it with the cover that comes Mm -hmm. with it, the dust cover. And so this one, I'll probably... I'll angle for at least 249, if not like 279 or something like that. So I, I might actually list this one for 299 based on off of what I'm selling it with. But yeah, selling the gear, getting it out of here. Oh, so we, do we have a fun acronym like gas for when you're finally getting rid of it? <laughs> yeah, anti-gas or releasing releasing gas. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like, oh man, we've had the, the gas joke for a while, but you guys are getting rid of gear instead of acquiring it right now. Right now, yeah. We're just like opening up space and just getting rid of stuff that we're not using anymore, basically. And it just takes a while to actually list the stuff wherever you want to list it. Uh, could be Sweetwater, could be Marketplace on Facebook, could be a Craigslist, could be eBay. You know, you pick where you want to do it to take the pictures, to write the description, and to get the pricing. Do you do some comps to make sure that you're within the band for the price band? And then list it there, list it in podcast groups, list, you know, wherever you want to list it to sell it that you're allowed to. And it takes time. It takes uh, like a whole evening to do all that. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but it does take time. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I actually messaged Bander behind the scenes. I said, hey, Bander, when you actually sell your stuff, it's going to be a full time job for like several months, you know, based off of what I've been through. And he said, yeah, no, my, my, yes, yes, it would be, it would be horrific if I did that, but that's not my plan. So his plan, I think he's made this public and if not Brander, I'm sorry, but, uh, his plan is to make a museum so people can come in, see the tech, try out the microphones, try the tech and, uh, really have fun with microphones. I'm like, that is awesome because I would have loved to have visited someplace like that and try all these different microphones and see what works on my voice. I think that would have been great. Especially once you reach the tier that you're at in that, you know, 300 to 500 range for a microphone, it starts getting really difficult to sample and see see what sounds good. Or, you know, running into the problem of the SM7B is the mic that everyone uses. It's what I'm going to get and it's what I'm going to deal with. And I don't know any better because I'm not going to buy another $350 microphone to see what difference it is. And then knowing what I know now, the my voice is actually better on the RE320. So I would have missed mm-hmm. out on that, right? Or the RE20, I've wanted to do that. Actually, that was the microphone I wanted to get instead of the SM7B. I did not because of the, the epic six-hour sale that was on the Sure website. So that's how I ended up with this puppy. I was I was sitting there when you posted it, and I was like, man, if I didn't have an event coming back-to-back weekends that I... I already had a budget set aside for, I would have been pulling the trigger on that. At least getting one, because at least one would have given me the ability to be like, okay, how do I sound on it? How do the rest of my cast sound on it? Because that's kind of the position I'm at for our next mic upgrade is probably looking at getting a SM7B and an RE320 as kind of the comparable price range. I mean, okay, who sounds better on what instead of doing what we've done in the past where it's just like, okay, we're going to buy the same thing for everybody. Because at that price range, it seems like you want to get a mic that's a little more suited to the person. Indeed. So going to someplace like that would be excellent. And I know you can rent a mic and you can try it out and go back and forth with that. But that it costs, by the time you get through enough microphones, it might pay for a plane ticket for you to actually go somewhere and try (laughs) all these mics all day. Hey, we got a comment from Liberty dude in the chat. He said, I have the same broadcaster pro two pad sensitivity, but here's a plus after finishing a recording with co-hosting costume makeup, I accidentally unplugged and killed the roadcaster pro two before saving the file. And then he says the next day when I turned it on, the saved file was there. It was fine. That's pretty amazing. That's that's a you know 
good whatever the the roadcaster pro 2 has in the uh in its like auto recovery that's something that i've i've liked with my uh my daw is if it crashes it's usually like less than a minute of work that i'll lose on it regardless of the last time i've saved and uh, i haven't been brave enough to test what happens if i just shut my mixer off while i'm recording with it (laughs) Yeah, Liberty Jr., I'm just wondering, do you know what format that you save your file in? Because if it's a wave, I have heard that those files need to be saved holistically, that you can't sequentially save a wave file. But an MP3 file, I think you can. So I'm just curious, Liberty Dude, if you know what format that you save in. I'm just wondering, because if it's a WAV file, that's that's awesome. That's awesome recovery. And of course, we're talking about a system that is running Linux OS. So there's some computer magic happening in that box. Uh, also, I have listed my old Behringer MDX2600 compressor limiter, two channels. That is listed and available on the Ebays right now. So it is an older model, but it still checks out. Bonus for everybody that gets that quote. And we'll see what happens there. I have a feeling I'll be lowering the price over the course of the next month, but we'll see. And then another thing that Steven mentioned last time was he thought Vegas 21 was going to be released on Monday, August 14th, 2023. Uh, Do you know what happened on this week? Mm, No. Vegas 21 was released. Okay. Yeah, so Vegas 21 is out there. I'm using 19. Steven was thinking about jumping on 21 either on a monthly basis just to try it out or just go ahead and acquire it. I decided not to going into it. It is a $200 upgrade for me from 19 to 21, according to, you know, just booting up Vegas and then telling me, hey, 21 is available. It's it's $200. So I'm like, here's your promo. Yeah. I don't know if that is going to entice me to it, especially since 19 is working okay for me. But we'll see. If if Steven starts using Vegas and less issues, less crashes are reported, I might go ahead and, and get that because I still have the issue, including the same issue that you had with Hindenburg, whereas you actually ran the render, but none of the effects were applied to it. That was a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, the effects were applied to it. I just had a weird like audio glitch every couple minutes. Uh, and I'm pretty sure just by memory of where it happened that it was probably around where a cut in, in the audio file was, but it would, instead of, you know, just ending, you'd get kind of that. And it was, it was happening enough that I was like, so they're like, this isn't like a random fluke. This is happening, you know, probably at least once every five minutes to the point that I came home and was like listening in Hindenburg and was like, it's not there in the DAW. So that's when I was like, okay, let's do a clean reboot and then let's export it again. And then I had to sit there and compare my old file to the new file and find a timestamp so I could go, okay, it was there in the old one and it's not there in the new one. I fixed it and that's all. It's like, get it posted. Yeah, I've, Ran into that same issue before, as I said in the previous show. For those that did not listen to it and might be hearing, I have Vegas. If it gets overloaded with memory or whatever, it just won't apply the effects because I have too many edits or there's too much memory being used or whatever. All I have to do is close it down, boot it back up, and then re-render. That's like the first thing I do is render. 
versus um, do something and then render, and it comes in fine. So it's it's just a quirk that I have to deal with. Yes, it is a quirk. Yes, it is annoying, but it's easily enough dealt with that I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just deal with this and, and move on. So we did get an answer from Liberty Dude. He says he does record in Wave. So uh, inferring that... I don't know what firmware he's using, but the Roadcaster Pro 2 at some firmware level will auto recover a WAV file after a shutdown, after a uncommanded shutdown, a rapid, unexplained shutdown. Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Say, another big thing happened this week in the terms of service tools that we use. I don't know if you heard or not. And this is me like leading into it. Of course, you heard about it. You posted it. That Descript acquired Squadcast. So Descript is that uh, capability out there where you can edit using words versus not. There's a whole bunch of things in there. And Squadcast is very similar to what we're using right here with StreamYard, although audio only, from what I understand, is that you can connect to other people and you can record through using a service versus using a hardware recorder. I would recommend that you still use a hardware recorder for a backup because I have a story about that in a second. But yes, Descript working with Squadcast, this is a very powerful team up. Especially, I'm curious because uh, if it will have the capability to like auto-generate the, the captions and the transcript since it's going to be recording and Descript was already known for doing the transcriptions and everything. If you'll finish your episode and without even doing anything, like, here you go, here's your transcript that was done live. You're already ready to go with it. So I don't know any of the combo packages that will be done here. I don't know uh, the pricing involved or anything. I think those are still going to be uh, coming out in the future as they merge into one company, basically. Yeah, depending on if they're actually merging or if they just got, you know, acquired and they're going to stay separate companies under the same umbrella right now. Right. I did reach out and I heard that there is no plans to reduce the Squadcast staff right now. So it is a merger of the two companies with no reduction in personnel, at least for now. So congratulations to Squadcast for being bought out by Descript. Congratulations to Descript for buying Squadcast. I use neither. I have no affiliation to either, but it is nice to see two like things coming together that can be used together. We'll just see how marketable it is as we go and forward. A good podcaster forward platform as well. Like you said, Squadcast, if it's audio, audio only focused, and then Descript is mostly you know adopted by the podcast market for the ease of editing it doesn't work for me so i i'm also in the same boat of not being affiliated with either company or having used it because uh, it turns out that the transcription editing softwares hindenburg's working on that too it doesn't like five voices at once <laughs> yeah uh, so you have uh four players and yourself as the dungeon master basically yep and i've i've tried hindenburg when it uh decided that they were going to start doing descript like editing features i've tried multiple different ways to make it work with a five-person show and whether that's you know individual tracks is is just a pain because we're all in the same room so it's getting the same there, there's that ever slight bit of bleed 
that it picks up on or trying to render it out as a single master file to edit from just didn't work well enough. So for now, I uh, I can't take use of any of those transcription-based editing. Yeah, I'm still using a freeware version that's online when I need a transcript. It's called Rev Old IV or R-E-V-O-L-D-I-V. And just recently, they added the ability to discern different speakers. So they are working with that. I'm pretty sure they're using open source code, code for that. But it's just a nice interface for me to use, and I use it. And I could go in and edit using it. I don't. I don't know. It's freeware, so I don't know how long, much longer it's going to be around, that sort of thing. But I have been using it from time to time. And uh, that's how I get uh, both transcripts. And uh, if I have to go into something and edit really quickly, what I will do is I will generate a transcript, and I will quickly look through everything. And if I remember different edit points that I have to go in, I will just tag the the time code and I will go in back to front and I will make those edits. And uh, sometimes that's what actually gets posted on some of my shows because that's what I'm trying to do now is streamline that whole thing. Um, Damien, I have another question for you. Are you ready? Sure. Can you hear me tap my microphone? Yes, I can. So I am on the Shure SM7B. Uh, I, I'm assuming so. I can't see much of the mic, but I see enough that I, I would accept that answer. Yeah, it's a, it's a sure essence of me. Okay, I'm, there we go. Yep, I can see enough now. <laughs> yeah, so I've tapped it. You've seen it. You've, you've heard me through this microphone. Well, in the past week, I was recording a podcast, and uh, I was not on the Sure SM7B. Matter of fact, I was on the webcam. I have a Logitech Rio <laughs> webcam, and uh, my co-host didn't tell me. Did they notice? You know, I was playing my sound pads and they were talking over it. And I was like, you guys are just being, you know, rude. <laughs> you're like you're, you're ignoring the sound pads. In reality, they weren't listening to the sound pads and they didn't say anything until after the recording was over that. Uh, yeah. So next time you're going to play the music. I've been playing the music. What do you mean? Yeah, we didn't hear the music. I'm like, I heard the music. Did you not hear the music? No. Oh, so I went into my settings and sure enough, the microphone chosen was not this, this microphone, which is actually the Rodecaster Pro 2 chat uh, is, yeah. is what I would use. No, it was the Logitech Pre. Oh, oh my gosh. I, at least I had recorded on my Rodecaster Pro 2. I immediately went in to check the file because the reverb off of the webcam was just going to kill me. I mean, I, I would have let the file go, but it's just like, uh, I can't mask that much reverb from the webcam that's why i'm surprised your co-host didn't go uh, sp you sound different today see they're they're not technically on this show they're not technically minded they're they they listen to better podcasting but they're like meh you know whatever so yeah i i i went through the whole show recording to them at least through the webcam and now in post i'll be able to you know add my track in and it's gonna be no big deal but I have the backup both ways. I have the bad file, but at least it's a file. Like if my Roadcaster Pro 2 went Tango Uniform, at least I would have, you know, the mm -hmm. webcam recording. And um, I have the good recording in case, you know, that were, yeah, I've got the backups, right? I have something, which is good. I, and I'm, I'm happy to have something versus losing the show, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. And if you are listening to this, 
and you do record over the internet, kind of like what Damien and I are doing right now, if you hear something odd from your co-host, just say, hey, co-host name, I don't think you're on your microphone. Can you please tap it? <laughs> that, that's all you have to do. And you don't want to hit your microphone, by the way. You don't want to damage it. You just want to lightly tap it to, to make sure that's what it is. I mean, you could blow into it. I wouldn't want to blow hard or tap like a ribbon microphone. I don't know how you'd check that because you just don't want to jostle those things. But a normal microphone in studio, dynamic cardio microphone, like the, um, the, the Shure SM7B, the Electro Voice RE3, yeah, just tap it a little bit and you'd be able to, to make sure. So yeah, that, that, that was how I was able to save my podcast, I guess, this week. So woohoo! Definitely had to run through those troubleshooting steps with people before where it's like, okay, tap your microphone. You're not coming through that. Tap your webcam. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Go in your settings, whatever. So this, what I was not the only one. My co-host on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Waffles, or Chris, over there, he had an audio issue. He uses voice meter on his setup. And Me too. I think what happened in the past week is that there was a Windows update. And I think the Windows update zeroed out some of the audio settings. Not all of them, mm. just some of them, because it happened to both Chris and me, and we both had Windows updates. So I'm thinking that was the cause. Yeah, voice meter can have some weird issues too when when things that it's tied into get changed. Because I've had that happen before, where I've had to totally remap my voice meter. Because I use I use voice meter mostly for managing my stream audio and everything, and it's just like, well. We're not streaming today. I have to spend an hour and a half putting all of my inputs back where they go. So for those that don't know what voice meter is, and it's voice with with the meter with two E's in it, meter, M-E-E-T-E-R. Voice meter is a mixer that's inside your computer. It's a program that runs and it's inside your computer. And it's basically what we call a digital mixer where you can route audio within your computer and you don't have to use like the presets or whatever and voice meter like banana in particular has had issues over the years. So it hasn't been the most reliable. I don't want to put a number on it. It's like somewhere between 80, 90, 95%, something like that. But I've heard enough of it going bad to be somewhere at least in the one to 5% it where it's not going to work correctly. Mm -hmm. And you have to go in and fix it, or maybe it's just not going to work today. So you have that issue. In this particular case, I'm pretty sure it was a Windows update that said, hey, voice meter, I'm going to kick these settings off, and you're going to have to find where they are later. Yep. Yeah. I don't use it, so it was just simply the Chrome selection of the audio that was kicked off in my case, but... Yeah, he changed, Chris changed a lot of stuff. And he said, I don't know exactly what it was, but it's working out. We had a test call last night and he is back to normal with his. So yeah, that it's not just your co-host not telling you you're not on the microphone. It's literally your software could be working against you. So you, mm -hmm. you have to be careful. You have to be careful indeed. All right, well, we're closing in on the end of the time that I'm sure Steven wants to edit this. Do you have anything you want to tell our better podcasting audience? I can't think of uh, anything without having any specific questions that anyone was wondering. Yeah. So again, Damien is a phenomenal 
dungeon master and podcast producer for a playthrough podcast, wonderful sound effects, wonderful story, and you have wonderful players or co-hosts or whatever you want to call them on, on your show. So if anybody has a question on a playthrough podcast, come to the Better Podcasting Discord, ask da away with Damian either in his channel for Adventures in Aurelia or in the Better Podcasting channel. And you would be happy to answer questions. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm reading all the channels in the Gun Geek server. So wherever it's asked, if it's something that I have a, a relevant info to contribute to, I definitely will. And I've, I've spent a lot of time over the years trying to help other actual play podcasters kind of get their start and figure out how to do things uh, to the point that uh, a couple people in the... of uh, the podcasting subreddit will tag me in when someone's coming looking for advice too. Yep. I've done that before myself. So if it's a playthrough related thing, Hey, Damien's your guy. I'm going to tap out. It's like, here's the local expert. Here you go. Right. And it, the last thing that I'm going to say this week is last week at the end of the show, I said it's August, 2023. I'm prepared to run another giveaway for the Better Podcasting Mug. Stephen put a stipulation in that you can't have won one before, basically. So we're looking for a new winner. Nobody took us up on it. Nobody went in to the Better Podcasting Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord into the Better Podcasting channel and said, hey, SP, I want a mug. That's all you have to do to say, hey, SP, I want a better podcasting mug in the Better Podcasting channel in our Discord server. And the first one to say that wins a better podcasting mug in April that has not won before. What a deal. Free mug. Free And this is a good mug. Everybody that has one of these mugs says it's a good mug. I'm not joking. It's a good mug. It's a good design, it too. Yeah, I, I, I like the logo. It's it's uh, it's well done. Although I was talking to the guy who designed this this past week, and he's seriously worried about AI. We're, we don't have enough time to get into it, but he's worried about in a year from now or so, AI design is going to be, you know, is going to be able to do this sort of thing. As one YouTuber that I listen to says, pretty regular, AI today is the worst it will ever be. AI tomorrow is going to be better than AI today. Yes. And AI in a year is going to be scary for anyone in a creative field. I think it's scary already. Um, I'm okay with it. But for those people that livelihoods are attached to it, I, I really, mm -hmm. and that's part of the SAG and the Writers Guild of America strike right now. They are trying to figure out what is that line in the sand of not only likenesses, but also from the Writers Guild scripts and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I totally get it. Totally get the concern. They're going to have to figure it out though. We did get two comments on the mug in our Discord server. Johnny Pennington said, a heavy mug. So yes, it is. It's nice ceramic heavy mug. And Liberty Dude, I'm able to put this on the screen, said quality and great mug design. There you go. The mug is good. Testified by a couple of guys that actually have all right, Damien, thank you very much for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Sometime we're going to have, have to, we're going to have to have you on with Steven and myself. So it's not just the two of us. It's the three of us. Well, we'll have to make a day for that at some point. All right, Steven, get on that. You you're, do that scheduling wizard stuff that a podcast producer does. 
Thankfully for the live chat, you know, a week notice was was okay. But if you, if you want a main segment, maybe give me a little bit more time. Then Steven's not here next week. Damien, Damien, come on. Well, you're our third co-host, so yeah, you're just you should come on command. Thankfully, since work went workload went down a little bit, I was listening to it and was able to catch that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the time zone thing is an issue. Steven yep. is trying to work with me and go as early as possible, but he is on the West Coast. You are on the West Coast, so you two could actually go later and still be good. I mean, you both have kids to worry about, but yeah, that's un- not going to be every week that we have you because you have work. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, it, it sounds like Steven's uh, in office, too. So we've got, you know, we're both worrying about the commute and everything. You, and I don't know what time you normally get off, but being three hours ahead, we've got the other issue of if we go too late, now SP's, you know, up until 10 o'clock to do a podcast. Yep, and I'm trying to limit my caffeine intake, so the next day is pretty sporty the later we go. I, there has been... I, uh, it's unfortunate, but if you were watching the live uh, stream of Gonna Geek, where we were, I, I want to say the Gonna Geek show when we were doing like eight or nine o'clock at night, by the end of it, we, especially on the shows that we went an hour and a half, it was, I was yawning and that was bad. That was bad, but hey, it's what you got to do when you're uh, time zone differentiation between everybody. Anyway, uh, Damien, I think it's time to say goodbye. So any last words? Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at adventuresinarelia.com. Aurelia spelled E-R-Y-L-I-A. Um, technically, you can find us on X at uh, Aurelia Pod. Um, and you can find me in the Gunna Geek Discord. I am uh, there all the time. Uh, just send me a ping at Damien the DM and I'll, I'll come listen. All right. So I'm going to try my best Steven in here and say so for episode 58 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I'm SP. And I'm Damien. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, Please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.